Welcome to the 32nd International Documentary Film Festival Amsterdam. My name is Dana Linsen and I'll be talking to Madeleine Leroyer, who made the film number 387 that is playing in the uh, mid-length uh, documentary competition and is also part of the uh, It Still Hurts focus program at ITFA 2019. Madeleine, uh, welcome. It's really, well, I can't say good to talk to you about such a such a tense and and heavy film even though it's maybe just a short film in a, in a sense but it's opening so much time spaces um it's a film about a boat and i think we've all seen this boat before we've seen your film in the news because it was uh, renamed barca nostra and it was on display at the biennale di venezia um this summer and um, a lot of questions were asked about that film. But this boat entered your life uh, way before uh, Christoph Buchel decided to, to transform it into an art piece. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, your story uh, uh, with the boat. I mean, so that would be my first question to you. When did you hear about this boat? So I think that I heard about the boat uh, when it sank. But it was a series of shipwrecks, uh, one after the other, and it was it was really like a black April. April 2015 was a black month, and there were uh, shipwrecks all the time. So I think I heard about it, but but I mean, and I heard about the first estimates and uh, and the numbers of victims, but um, it's not something that I picked really at the moment. I was I was sinking, and this sinking. Uh, uh, escalated, if I can say, in the summer of 2015, and 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 I was just asking myself, so so what what happens to to these to these dead people? Uh, where where there were very simple questions. So where do because some of the bodies are recovered, some are not. So what happens? Where are they buried? And that was the starting. Point, like this very simple question, what happens in this um, dead point that we do not see? And, uh, and, and also, with a, I don't know if it's philosophical or rather anthropological, but what happens to uh, a society if we take uh, Europe and the Mediterranean as, as, as a society, as a human society? So what happens when... Uh, so many people die, uh, nameless, with with no dignity in 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 death, in death, and so we started with the co-author of the film, Cecile de Barge. We started uh, investigating all around the Mediterranean, uh, talking to. Um, I mean, people working in cemeteries, forensic pathologists, uh, coast guards, fishermen. And uh, in the course of the research, we obviously heard about uh, Professor uh, Cristina Cataneo, who is heading the Labanov in Milan, and we went to see her. And that's the moment when we understood that it was, it, it was, there was going to be a story around uh, this, this boat and this wreck. Because she said so it was 
We met her in January 2016 and she said uh, the Italian government promised to refloat the boat, but this is happening uh, and uh, we hope it's going to be refloated in the coming months and there's this huge uh, unprecedented operation uh, that we're working on uh, with the I mean with with the military with uh, with the firemen and uh, and that was that was it because um, a lot of people are trying to do something but they're stuck uh, and and here uh, the process, the forensic process uh, around this boat uh, gave the possibility to, to tell a story, to follow a trail. Uh, so formally the film looks like an investigation. I think there's more in it, but uh, formally it's an yeah. investigation. We, there's, there's, uh, there's a boat, there's remains in it and, and we're trying to to discover what, who, who, who uh, were the people. Uh, because the cycle. boat sank um, before the coast of Libya, and the, the numbers so, of the of the of the people that died are somewhere between eight hundred and a thousand. So the first estimates, when the very few survivors, twenty-eight survivors, the first estimates they gave were of seven, eight hundred victims, uh, and in. I mean, with time, but it took quite a long time. And we see this in the film. Uh, the, I mean, the International Red Cross is now in the capacity to say that there were over a thousand uh, victims uh, in, in, in this one uh, shipwreck. So you have to imagine over, uh, I mean, between 1,050, 1,100 persons, individuals on a 24 meters. Yeah fishing boats. So, and, and, and back to uh, you mentioning uh, Barca Nostra um, at the Venezia, uh, yes, there were a lot of questions raised because uh, I do understand the intent of the artist to display the boat, but the fact that it came with no comment um, was disturbing and it was disturbing I know for many of the survivors uh, because they were shocked and obviously you can imagine that you have the boat and you have people walking by not knowing what it is and for them these images were, were a bit... In retrospect for. for me speaking as someone who, who read a lot about that boat in that exhibition and also did a bit of research in, in, into the depiction of, of trauma. It was a, it was a it was an important moment to also think about the position of, of art. But then when I watched your film, I felt like okay, this is basically the context that I that I needed to maybe start to form an opinion about that film. So I I really like to go back to to this idea of that the film in retrospect gives us something that mm. was that was missing from this. This course, you already mentioned, um, of course, the process of this new form of forensics um, uh, investigating who these, these people were that were found on the boat. And then, in a way, you could also say that your documentary is some form of documentary forensics, which is a fairly new uh, way of approaching documentary in this sense. I think, I mean, researches have been done before. But it's not just, you're not just following the process, you're also um, uh, taking part in it or you're contributing to it. So can you tell how that came about? So 
Yes, I mean, formally, the first layer, it's, it's an investigation, but it was very, very important to, to work on how to make the invisible visible. So here, the um, forensic process is interesting, not... Um, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's not the, the final point, it's just uh, a way to, to gather some some clues that enable some uh, pictures, fragments of love letters, family photographs, uh, whatever little details that reconnect to the person. Uh, also a very strong intent uh, working on the film was to completely get rid of the flux uh, discourse uh, and to go back to the, to the individual, to the singularity, uh, uh, and, and, and I do believe that this is the way to reconnect uh, or to reconstruct uh, the broken mechanism of the otherness. You know, how, how can I relate to someone if this someone is not portrayed as a someone? So it was, it was a bit uh, of a tautology, like mm -hmm. stating the obvious that is often forgotten, that each number is a person, each person has a family, has a story, has dreams. And, and so, yes, there are different layers because we are following the forensic process uh, and the investigative process, but we're also trying to intertwine... Um, I don't know how you would call it, the, the souls uh, of... Um, but not in a... you know, it's not, it's not a ghost story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, make, to, to make them present, to make them present. And then to, to make them present, you choose probably the one person that was as in, in, invisible or less present or absent as, as possible because this number, yeah, 387, and there were just little scraps of, of photos and letters and little scraps of clothing. So another obvious question maybe, why did you go for the, the most absent uh, witness uh, in your film? I think because he symbolizes um, very much, he's like the unknown soldier, you know, he symbolizes uh, the majority of the victims uh, who perhaps will not be named uh, but who should be remembered and, and, and more. Uh, I think that at some point uh, earlier in, 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 in the work I was also more optimistic on the possibilities to come to uh, formal identifications uh, sooner and uh, but but then I understood that formal identification, of course, is an objective, but um, it shouldn't be the only objective. Uh, and so number 387 was a way uh, to, to keep that light uh, and to um, not to focus too much on the result, uh, but to remember that even even the smallest, even the more absent, even the most fragile uh, is, is a person and, and a person, um, I mean, bearing with him in, in his pockets uh, something very universal, this, this love letter that completely, um, I mean, that touched me. 
so deeply. So and yeah, it, so it was it was kind of a, 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 a light, you know, at the uh, at the end of the tunnel. Uh, and that's that's partly on a on a narrative level or the or the construction or the reconstruction of a story or 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 an identity. At the same time, on a on a philosophical level or a more formal level, when we talk about filmmaking, it's also that maybe sometimes the present is better felt in the in the absence. So that how did you navigate in in constructing your your story eventually this idea of this present absence um, idea? Was there information that you decided not to put in the film or that you distract? Um, yes, I mean there's a lot of <laughs> there's many many things that are not in the film uh, and that also relate to uh, the forensic process, like uh, because at some point I, I I I completely I mean I acknowledge this I was I was focused and I and perhaps I I I was obsessed and I lost focus uh, with 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 the results uh, because I, because I, it matters so much I was I was in it and I wanted it to you know to succeed and uh, and and the edit was also I mean, the because we edited and, and, and continued filming and editing. And it was very helpful uh, to, to go back to the anchor, if it's a word in that context, mm -hmm. and, and, and remember that the intent is to, yes, uh, make the invisible visible so that less is more uh, in, in that sense. So. so how was this process of filming and editing at the same time how was this helpful? <laughs> I mean, it was tremendously helpful. Uh, it, it, it also, I think, at a certain point uh, later on in the edit, it became a, a bit tricky because uh, the editor was uh, super involved and emotionally attached uh, to the footage. So she she began to have the, perhaps the same <laughs> flows <laughs> as the director. So, um, but but yes, it was uh, the, the fact that it was a long process. I think it, it nurtured uh, the end of the filming and um, perhaps it doesn't show in, 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 in the film as it stands today, but uh, a lot of the footage that is in the final cut was filmed, um, I mean, over the last few months. I mean, if, if, if I started filming back in 2016, 2017 was a bit slow, uh, and, and then uh, yeah, the end of 2018 was really, uh, really intense. But so. this is also a kind of an important thing to discuss when you, you talk about maybe making non-fiction films, that actually oftentimes the process is what the film is becoming. So you can't be too goal-oriented and thinking, okay, I want to achieve something or I want to work to this narrative. Can you tell a little bit of how that worked in, in your case? Did you at some point have a clear objective in mind where you wanted to? I think I had a clear objective in mind at the beginning, uh, and, 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 but then how do you translate these thoughts in, in, into a material that's living, that, and, and it's a tricky material because it's made with real people who have their own life and, and sometimes uh, they're, I don't know, uh, reluctant to, 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 to be on, on camera that day or whatever. Um, no, I think that 
um, what was complicated was the constant renegotiation of access with different uh, protagonists and institutions uh, in the film, uh, whom I thank in the mm -hmm. end, and I think everyone is happy, but everyone also knows that it was uh, uh, sometimes painful. And, and so that also distracted me from the creative part at some point. So it was like, <coughs> the you lobby your, and the yeah, you were and producing. The so, uh, and... Um, Mm. And so, and and that also fed the obsession of result. You know, uh, I'm struggling so much, so you know, uh, 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 it, it needs to work. And and I think as a first-time filmmaker, one one big flow that perhaps, or at least I hope, I got rid of was. Uh, perhaps I wanted to show my process uh, and, 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 and my sweat and my blood. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and at some point, after we took a pause also in the edit, uh, I, I don't know, I digested the, the thing and, and I thought, okay, so this is, not the this is not about the film, this is not the story, this is me trying to say that I did my job. But that could have <laughs> you know? been, I mean, that could have been an obvious choice actually to... to turn yourself as a filmmaker into a detective, into the story, so... So, uh, first that was made before, uh, and second uh, was, for example, Who's Diana Crystal, uh, so where an actor uh, is, is investigating yeah. a, a documentary, uh, so that's, uh, I mean, fiction actor investigating a documentary. Um, no, I, I think the intent, and that was also very clear with the, with the co-author of the film, was to was to tell a story that was that was obviously much bigger than us uh, and that would continue because if you put yourself as a detective in the film then the result is on you and and the whole process yeah. is on you and 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 so you're telling a story that's uh, about you which i think is is extremely relevant when you're de dealing with your own trauma or your family um, I don't know, story, for example, history. But in this case, I think we were humbled uh, by, by the tragedy and wanted to put forward uh, those who are trying to do something. And of course, it's, it's more complicated for, for real people. I mean, filmmaking, sometimes it's, it's, it's kind of a magic stick. You know, you go, you meet the family, and then what? And then what? I'm, I'm not going to take a DNA sample from a, from a family, and, and so yeah. no. Uh, so there was this idea that yes, this is all very fragile. It's only starting. It's 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 not really a structured policy. Uh, the identification of missing migrants, but it, it is starting. It's fragile, and and it needs to to be sustainable. Uh, to, I mean, to work. Uh, to work more and and so no I uh, I didn't want to be on in the film. And then as we said your film has been um, selected here at ITFA in, in in two programs um but I guess the the selection in the in the it still hurts focus program um dealing with these questions of how to depict trauma um is is a very uh, important moment for the for the film but also in this whole um, discourse about that and this title it still hurts is um, is quite telling mm -hmm. um, how when you found out that your film was selected for that how did you relate the title of the program it still hurts 
to the process of your filmmaking and to the to the people you eventually meet. Well, it hurts every day. Uh, it, it, it hurts. Uh, I think it, it, it obviously hurts uh, the families of missing migrants, their friends, uh, the survivors uh, of, of these uh, crossings. And I think it hurts and we um, perhaps do not see it as a society, but it hurts and it damages who we are as, as, as a society. So um, I was, um, happy is not the word, but I was, uh, I felt blessed that, that we, all, we, were, we had this double yeah. uh, selection. Um, because it also... I think, I think that's the thing. Um, when, when, when you say, oh, well, this is a film about people who are trying to restore the identity of the migrants who died at sea, people are thinking about death. But, but uh, obviously missing migrants and missing persons in general are, are extremely connected to the living. Uh, and and, and uh, although the focus of the film is not, I mean, I'm not telling the story from the point of view of, of the families, but... Um, but, but this connection uh, be, be, between the dead and, and those who remain uh, is, is extremely important. And I think from an advocacy point of view, it, it also should be much more obvious that we're not only talking about uh, tens of thousands, I mean, um, we don't even know the figures, like 35, 36,000. Uh, people who died, but that's, I mean, uh, the equivalent number of, of, of families and, 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 and traumatized uh, friends. So, yes, it does hurt. And, and, but I think it's important to make this journey through the pain, uh, and I hope the film is, is a place where we can make this journey together uh, and share the story and own the story uh, and, and I mean the, the premiere uh, that we had here was wonderful because, because I had the sense that, um, that we were owning the story together and for example Abraham who is a protagonist of the film was here and from his comments, from, from the way also he related to parts of the stories he absolutely didn't know like uh, uh, this uh, I mean, character in Sicily, Giorgia Mirto, when she tells the story of her grandfather, uh, a mafia victim, and Abraham, who is an Eritrean refugee and activist, he picked exactly that to say that uh, the presence of absence uh, is hurting, uh, no matter who you are and where you come from. So, and, and I think that was very strong. I mean, in the making of the film in general, to, to find this universality um, and, yeah, when, when, when you miss someone, you miss someone, uh, no matter if you're a farmer in the Sahel. I mean, we, we're all very different. I'm not going to lie yeah. and pretend that, I'm the, that I had lived the same life. No, but, but and, and this was very strong and powerful and beautiful, uh, coming with the, to, to these people uh, whom I didn't know and I, as a complete stranger and coming with questions about their sons. Um, I, there, there was an entry point because it was speaking the unspoken. No, no, no one came before to ask those questions. So this, this sense of universality was really important. And I would fight for it. <laughs>
thank you so much, Madeline, for making the film and uh, sharing your stories with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the ITVA 2019 podcast. Please rate, review and subscribe to other episodes in the podcast app of your choice.